Victorian Premier Dan Andrews' government has been returned to power for a third term with a majority in its own right. The ABC election analyst Anthony Green called the election for Labor at 8.20 yesterday evening. Liberal leader Matthew Guy had described the task of trying to win 18 seats from Labor as like climbing Mount Everest without oxygen. And his second attempt to reach the pinnacle as opposition leader has proved fatal, it seems, although Mr Guy did not declare himself dead in his concession speech. Benita Kolovos is Guardian Australia's Victorian state correspondent and she was at the Labor Party's election night party and saw Dan Andrews' victory speech. Benita, thank you very much for backing up and uh, joining us on Sunday Extra this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, Labor was expected to win this election, of course, but not as comprehensively as it did in the end. What is the new state of the chamber in Victoria and what stood out to you about this election result? Well, look, we did see the polls tighten as we got closer to the election day, but every single poll, all the bookies were saying that this was going to be a Labor win. There was a little bit of talk about maybe it would be a minority government, Mm. but that hasn't eventuated. Um, When you looked at the polls, it it wasn't there. I don't know if it was we were all talking or willing it into happening, but um, it didn't. It looks like they've got a comprehensive majority. I think it's going to be, at this stage, 50 seats. There's a couple that are too close to call, Um, but gives them heaps in terms of getting their legislation through the lower house. That wouldn't be an issue. Um, I think the thing that stood out was the Greens. Like, they've picked up Richmond and Northcote, looking really close in seats like Albert Park and Preston as well. So we will definitely see an expanded crossbench in the lower house, but by no means the minority that some were expecting. Yeah, so in that sense, similar to the federal election result, expanded crossbench, but Labor in government and not needing the crossbench in the lower house uh, to rule, which is an interesting uh, parallel. Uh, There was a substantial swing against the Labor Party in Melbourne's west. And yet Labor still managed to hold uh, the seats where Mm. that swing was evident. But in areas thought to be Liberal heartland, there was a swing against the Liberal Party too. Was this the election that was like the the loss of the heartlands? Not for the Liberals, maybe, yes, because they needed to pick up some of these seats that they lost during that 2018 Danslide election. Mm. Um, There were seats like Ashwood, which used to be called Burwood, Box Hill, Ringwood, I think I was told by some Labor people if they hung on to those seats on the night, then it was a majority government Mm, for sure. mm. They were expecting at least a couple of them to fall to the Liberal Party and they didn't. If anything, seats like Bayswater, which was Labor but got redistributed into the Liberal seat, that stayed with Labor. Glen Waverley looks like it's coming over to Labor and possibly Hastings as well. So... It was not at all what the Liberals were hoping for or expecting in the east. And and just on the the north and the west of Melbourne, um, double-digit swings away from Labor in some areas, but they had those seats by margins of like 20 percent mm, mm. so who knows if it's a long game for the liberals you know working it's looking like a very long game at the areas. moment isn't it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I think it might. <laughs> we're speaking with benita colavos uh, guardian australia's victorian uh, state correspondent and benita you were there at the labor election night party last night uh, at the beginning of the evening was the vibe that labor was going to be returned to majority government or was it was the, the the sense a little bit more nervous before the results started coming in 
there was a bit of a nervous energy. I think everyone there thought it would be a majority, but a slim one. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think that if you don't have people in the Labor Party saying you're going to be in a majority, then you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough too, yeah. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts, uh, Benita, on the concession and victory speeches, although I must say, watching the coverage, the real standout moment for me was actually just before Dan Andrews spoke, where he sort of put his arms up in the air and with an incredibly, almost fierce face, said, mm. yes, yes, you could really sense the, 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 the huge mm. uh, relief and sense of vindication from him. Mm, absolutely. I think that was the first thing that came to mind for me as well, that his response, the the whole election was a referendum on him. Yeah, on his and, a, and a really bit of personal one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and he, he did it. And I think you could tell on his face that he felt like he was vindicated, that people backed his pandemic response and now they want to look towards the future. It seemed like almost the only person who didn't um, announce the end of Matthew Guy's leadership of the Liberal Party last night was Matthew Guy. What did you make of his speech? Yeah, he did that in 2018 as well. Um, we had to wait a couple of days to find out that he wasn't going to be opposition leader. Um, I thought maybe this time he would tell us a little bit earlier, given, you know, you, you can't really come back from two losses like this. But, you know, we'll, we'll hear from him in coming days. I think it, it, it was interesting. We were told by Liberal, you know, I, I had all the calls before the election with Liberal MPs and members and strategists and there was a lot of talk that if he can get the party back to its position in 2014 or 2018, that maybe he could hang on if his tactic of, you know, looking towards Labor heartland and picking up maybe one or two seats in the suburbs in the outer north or west if he pulled that off, maybe he could hang on, but none of that's eventuated. Mm. So I don't think he'll be in that position for much longer. And, Benita, I think I am bound by all the uh, conventions of election coverage to ask you after a state election, what are the federal implications of this poll? (laughs) Um, I think it's more... um, It's going to be more of an issue for the Liberals than Labor, I think. Anthony Albanese is kind of riding on a, a high already. The federal election was only six months ago. Um, I think it it has something to say about the soul-searching that the Liberal Party's done. I don't think they have done enough of it following the federal election. Mm. There was a lot of talk about the review into that election and whether they were going to hold it until after the state campaign, which they have. It comes out tomorrow, so now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think... That'll be some very interesting reading and maybe something that everyone will have to take on board because um, just on that whole anti-Dan thing, they did that at the federal election in certain Victorian seats and it didn't work. And I remember calling people up going, oh, this, maybe, maybe a different strategy will be needed in um, November. And no, they kept going with it. So... Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think there'll be lessons there. Yeah, the sense, the sense seemed to be that the anti-Dan campaign failed and there was quite a bit of criticism from Labor ranks of the media coverage of the election in, in that regard, but also that the Liberal strategy seemed to be to play more to the right and that that didn't work in the uh, in the fallout and in the key seats that you need to win government. Is that Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think so. You, from, for them in particular, they need 18 seats to form government. Um, you can't sacrifice seats 
when you've got that number ahead of you. Like you, you have to make sure that you appeal to as many people as possible. And I don't think they did that focus. I think they ran an attack ad, you know, reminding Victorians that we took to the streets to oppose vaccine mandates and the government's pandemic legislation. You know, it was a slogan, don't let him get away with it, which, you know, conjured up a mood of retribution after the pandemic. Mm. I think they were forgetting that when these protests were happening, the overwhelming number of Victorians were out there getting vaccinated. Like, yes, the protests were loud. Yes, they were ugly, but they were a minority of Victorians. Yes, and, and that so, was another sort of standout part of Dan Andrews' speech was talking about, you know, vaccines work and you've got to trust yeah. the science. Um, uh, Dan Andrews was at, at pains to talk throughout the, the campaign ad nauseum as the election day got closer about the positive plan uh, that they had <laughs> for the state. So, so policy-wise, what uh, will now happen uh, with Dan Andrews governing in, with a clear majority? So the kind of centrepiece of his campaign was the um, reviving of the State Electricity Commission, or the SEC. So that, you know, back in the 1990s, Victoria's, well, up until then, I think it was slowly getting privatised at that point, but, you know, electricity assets were in government hands. Now, as coal plants are closing, he's saying that the government will come back, they'll play a role again with renewables. Um, I mean, that that was was an amazing moment, wasn't it? I don't don't, don't think I've ever seen a sort of standing ovation and cheers for a state electricity (laughs) commission or energy commission. Um, But, yeah, so so, uh, is that something that can actually be meaningfully implemented in the next four years? No, I think it's a long game, that one. Um, We'll have a lot of announcements along the way. It's interesting, right? They've got their big level crossing removal projects and big builds and the social housing build, the suburban rail loop, all of those things are going to take, you know, a long time, but they come to them and they continue to re-announce them along the way. Mm. Um, there'll be, I imagine, lots of press conferences will be heading off to, you know, the Latrobe Valley and doing a lot of stuff, but it might not eventuate too much in four years. Um, I think the more immediate stuff is, the healthcare workers' initiatives to get more nurses and paramedics into the system, um, upgrades of schools and hospitals, free TAFE courses. I think they're going to increase the amount that are on offer. That's probably the stuff we'll see in the next, you know, immediate four years. And uh, a couple of other things, Benita. What does this victory mean in your view for Dan Andrews personally as a leader? I mean, if he if he hangs on to get to 3,000 days, it means he gets a bronze statue outside Treasury Place, <laughs> I understand. Uh, where where yeah. does this put him in the Labor pantheon? So if he serves until Easter, he'll um, surpass John Cain's record as the longest serving Premier. So he served in the 80s and then handed over to Joan Kerner. There's a couple parallels there in the sense that people expect that the Premier will serve until Easter, maybe a little bit longer, and then hand over to his deputy, which is just in Trallin. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone really sees him lasting the whole four years, even though he'll tell us that he will. Yes. Very interesting. And, uh, and and one of the curios of the night, uh, Paul Mercurio, uh, actor, famous uh, dancer from Strictly Ballroom, now the ALP member for Hastings. Yeah, it has um, clawed back a little bit this morning okay. towards the Liberals, but it, it is definitely one that they look like they're going to be winning. This is a, yeah, 
when we talk about the Liberals, like that's a blow. Yeah. And they had a really young, energised um, female candidate in Bryony Hutton there. We talk a lot about if they need more women in their party. They thought that that was a guaranteed seat and that was a guaranteed young new voice and that hasn't eventuated. Um, same with Box Hill and Nicole Werner, mm. another strong female candidate for the Liberals that hasn't Hasn't got yes, up. yeah, female representation in the Liberal Party, clearly one of the, uh, uh, the, the, the issues to address in the next long four years of opposition. Benita <laughs> Kolovos, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Extra this morning. Thank you for having me, Julian. Have a good rest of the day. And you too, uh, Benita, is Guardian Australia's Victorian state correspondent. Uh, should also mention as well that uh, friend of the show, uh, Howard X, the Kim Jong-un impersonator, ran against Dan Andrews in his seat, was unsuccessful in his campaign to uh, unseat... Uh, so it was sort of a, a, a dictator showdown in Dan Andrews' seat. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.